Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 210, episode 3 of Dare Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into, and you're never going to believe this, America's shared consciousness. It's Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. That is, of course, National Vanilla Cupcake Day, which means, yes, I was getting there. It is National Vanilla Cupcake Day. And National Forget-Me-Not Day. Okay. What is a forget me not again? Is that that's a specific flower? This is no. This was for uh, like the soldiers. It says no, for November tenth reminds Americans of the sacrifices returning soldiers have made. Body blood. Yeah. But it's also a flower symbolizing remembrance. Okay. And oh, also yeah. the song that Men in Black is based off of melodically. Oh really? You know the forget yeah, yeah. me not. Anyway. I- I do not know. That, that feels like you. a mismatch of, like, Forget Me Not feels like it should be, like, big band horn music, like, sung by people with pompadours or something. <laughs> well, uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Mm. Dad Hat, 90 Shoes. There's not enough chairs for me or for you. Loud kids, I'm too high. I wish we had name tags. Who is that guy? Yeah, yeah. I never know what to do with my hands. Has anyone heard about the coal gas study? Uh, that is courtesy of Lex Lugie. Just about my experience at kids' birthday parties, uh, which I hit. I actually hit a good one this past weekend just by myself. No kids, you know, just checking them out. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. In honor of the historic event at COP26, here comes She's a Good Girl. Recycles her plastics, she composts and bikes to work each day. But lobbyists outnumber every delegation in Glasgow by two dozen or more. And they're green, greenwashing. Wow. Corporate green. <laughs> Okay, shout out Damn. to Marky Mark Aurelius for that one, because yes, we'll get into that. There seem to be a lot more people repping the fossil fuel industry than actual global leaders at COP26. I blame that girl for not starting to ride, ride her bike to work sooner. I think that's what's going to kill us all. <laughs> Damn, you really went for it and uh, got Had there to. with that Had high to. note. That was it beautiful. was a risk. You know, sometimes you yeah. forget where you start, what key you're in. I'm like, fuck, can I make it? And yeah. Life of Sometimes me. being every time for me. But by the way, mine was supposed to be a sharp dressed man. I don't know if that was clear. <laughs> we got that. We got uh, Okay. Okay. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by one of the very faces on Mount Zeitmore. Yes. Been way too damn long. He is a hilarious and brilliant writer, podcast host, and producer. Uh, he created the blog, You Was This Racist, and created and co hosts the podcast of the same name with the great Tony Newsom. Yep. He's a TV writer, but perhaps. Perhaps most influentially, he introduced us to the phrase Gish Gallop, which I have shoehorned into every conversation I've had since 2018. Please welcome <laughs> the brilliant, the hilarious, Andrew T. Andrew, as, as prophesied, it is the return of the Muad Tib. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I actually thought of one that was slightly topical. Two weeks off, go. but I saw Dune, y'all. We yeah, 
I saw the shit out of Dune. Good if you shut off your brain, I feel like. Okay. Like, as long as you don't think about any of the subtext, it's pretty good. <sighs> I have mm. seen, uh, since the world opened back up, I've seen three movies. Like, first there was the Stutter Step open back up, and I saw F9, and I really liked that. The most recent Stutter Step, probably, uh, since hospitalization rates are shooting back up. I saw Dune, and I saw The French Dispatch in theaters. Oh, and we did the same. we did the same thing. Oh my God, we should start going to movies together instead of me going by myself and creeping people out. I did not like either of those, the second ones, the Dune yeah. or the French Dispatch. I don't know if we're doing movie club, but French Dispatch a little bit. I, I will say, uh, talk about it a little bit on Joseph's Races coming out tomorrow, but it is wild that Wes Anderson decided that in our year of the Lord 2021 was the time for the Wes Anderson take on prison. <laughs> protests and cops yeah like it is like in a vacuum if this movie had been made 10 years ago it's whatever but right this second it is right. the most tone deaf thing you've ever <laughs> it's not even like bad exactly i mean it's kind of but it's, it's yeah. the, the criticism is just like how the fuck did you live through the last two years and think I know what I want to got say. It. And the answer I is, he did not. He did not yeah. live through the last two years. He lives <laughs> yeah. in a dollhouse, a life-size yeah. dollhouse, I'm assuming. Yeah. I Yeah. His movies are always adorable. It's just very strange when they're on the subject of, like, things yeah. that are happening. It's more world. about this my story arc, I think. Yeah. My, he has changed, remained the same since, you know, Bob right. Rocket. And I have come to realize I'm a different person. Yeah. Great. I still I went it's into it with US, hope because I did really like the Grand Budapest Hotel, but this one didn't really do it for me. Yeah, man. Grand Budapest Hotel was the source of my tweet with my highest hopes and the less least payoff, which was naming the porn parody the Grand Booty Stressed Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I really I, I remember tweeting it and being like, this one's a good goal. I guess I'm famous <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, nothing happened. You're like, watch me get a fucking agent off the strength of this. Yeah, yeah. I truly, Thank truly you. believed that in my heart of hearts when I yeah. typed it out. <laughs> um, you're already happened. like programming the number at UTA to show up on your phone as my yeah, agent. Yeah. Just like, it'll be, it'll be easier to just pop up. You know what? Kafka was <laughs> considered a failed writer in his time but then mm -hmm. you know the people are going to rediscover <laughs> that tweet in the uh, library of congress and yeah you're going to go down in the annals or annals in the grand Budapest stress go. hotel back. of <laughs> history all right andrew we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment first a couple of the things we're talking about talk about the cop 26 not even like the best cop like cops are are not good but this one this one's really not not even a good not even good for a cop uh they really fucked up uh we're gonna talk about howard schultz we're gonna talk about portugal uh, just like what it's like to work and live in a country where capital is not the only thing that has power uh, we're going to talk about the new conspiracy influencer market because Demi Lovato has entered the game. All of that, plenty more. But first, Andrew, we do like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Uh, something from my search history was hotel room workout. I, I like started doing a little flying around because I, I have some, some time between gigs. 
And uh, yeah, I went to Dallas for like kind of no reason. My friend was just down mm-hmm. there and I was like, when were it. you down in Dallas? We know why you were there, man. <laughs> it actually literally was like I, I arrived <laughs> like right at, like as it was happening. And I was like, oh, shit. Be like, why did I pick this? <laughs> I need to, this week? Well, it it did explain a little bit why tickets were straight up seventy dollars to get to Dallas. Right, nobody wanted to go except for like a handful of creeps. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, as and as a result, I searched hotel room workout. Yeah, because uh-huh. I I had never done. It makes sense that there's a you know proliferation of like YouTube workouts in the last year and a half, but. Yeah, I started doing that shit. It is wildly embarrassing to do, but I think it worked. I feel like yeah. I was like, oh, right. I'm, you I'm like felt rut. sore and stuff? Yeah, felt That's sore nice. just from, you know, it, and it's it's the kind of shit where it's like, if you if your hotel room comes with a chair, you could do the, this type Get of ready. dip. And it's all this, yeah, it's all this Pulling shit. Pulling yourself up like, underneath a table. Yeah, I'm yep. like, all right, I guess, I guess I, this is how I have to live now, but... But I've kept up with it. I think I I like a little YouTube person yelling at me. Yeah. Yeah. In the morning. No, I'm alive anymore, man. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. got the, uh, I remember like back when I thought I would get ripped or something like that. I, a friend of mine who's like really into martial arts, like gave me like this, like Navy, like this Navy SEAL had created a book that was just all about not needing weights. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially like what you're describing, where it's like, it's anywhere. Just use your fucking, make your body as strong as possible. Yeah. And I got, you know, it was fun for a while. But then part of me, like, I did not know about proper weight distribution. I almost pulled a fucking dining table, like, onto my throat. <laughs> and I was like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's that, like, yo, the world is your gym, if you yeah. really look at it right. And it's like, yeah, I know. but And that's also, terrifying already. The gym is can be a gym. <laughs> Yeah, you right. want it to be <laughs> <laughs> like that's fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's the sort of you know person I am apparently. Where else Late to the game, I guess nowhere now. I have my my new my next job starts uh, after Thanksgiving, which is a weird time to start a TV writers room, but they know yeah. what they're doing for what like two seconds, and then you go for you break again. I'm told I'm told some some showrunners like that because you can kind of like get to know everyone and then noodle on. Or whatever one came up with in two weeks, and then oh right, right, back right, right. The new year with uh, I don't know, I don't know how this works. That's that yeah. that shit is significantly above my head. Yeah, but yeah. If it's like the Valter scene in a uh, Succession, where he's like, "Noodle on, give me your forty-eight best ideas by tomorrow." <laughs> Just be be careful because uh, that didn't end well for the Valter employees. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping I'm keeping a uh, a word doc right now because I I do I'm like. I think every time you start a new like writing job, it's like it feels wild and a little bit like they're never going to use this. But sometimes it's it's like a safety blanket to just come in with like fifty half baked ideas. Right, right, right. Is that something? The is that something, Doc? Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Is, is this is cool? What do you think? About that? <laughs> like, I don't know. That's I don't know. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will just say a sneak preview. This will make more sense once I can talk about what it is. But I've my ideas doc has the band UB40 as part of it in multiple bullet points. So, I mean, as well ready, as y'all. any idea, Doc. <laughs> what was the thing with UB40, like getting in a fight with someone? Didn't somebody try to fight UB40? Is that? that? <laughs> anyway. See, now if, this is going to make my Google search even better. Who oh, brought yes, UB40? Brett Kavanaugh started a bar, bar fight after a UB40 concert. 
But I think it involved him wanting to fight the singer of UB40. Maybe, maybe that's just my weird slash fic that I have going on upstairs. That is you know? straight up white excellence right there. <laughs> right. Brent Kavanaugh versus the... Say oh, the, he, the he white thought Jamaican. he was fighting Ali Campbell of UB40. But it was just, it was some, just some other dude. dude. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Kavanaugh instigated the altercation by throwing ice at another man for, quote, some unknown reason. Oh, this is the one with Chris Dudley. Wow. That was Remember, he was with Chris Dudley, says, states that Kavanaugh and his friends, which included future NBA player Chris Dudley, were trying to determine whether the man was UB40 singer Ali Campbell. Uh-huh. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, Chris Dudley. I totally forgot about him. Yeah. He's the guy who Shaq dunked on and then he threw the ball at Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? He didn't. What the fuck kind of. This is truly like the simulation really just ran out of pieces that day. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was just random generating like from, okay, red, red wine. Uh, Kavanaugh said he liked beer like 45 times in the national media. So we're just going to go with that. I don't know. Uh, Wow. Truly amazing. What parts of the world did you see on your travels other than Dallas, if anything? Just, just Dallas and Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, my, my sister's down in Atlanta. I, I, on a whim, went down there and then on a, another whim, got my booster shot. Like, basically, the second the CDC was like, oh, it's cool. cool. And um, <laughs> it was a thing where, like, my, my physician in L.A. had been like, you know, it's going to be like, you should, like, really, the, the supplies are going to be limited and da-da-da. And I <laughs> got to Atlanta and I, like, walked into a CVS and they were like, you want a booster shot? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, no, I was actually just going to buy this toothpaste because I'm in from out of town. All right, yeah. well, if you want one, we got it. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> truly. It was like, I got, like, booster shot and, like, chicken tenders in, like, a 10-minute span. And I was like, mm. God, this is this is the most guy with nothing to do in atlanta shit <laughs> i'm uh taking my boy to get his shot this morning actually this wednesday morning pretty exciting okay. stuff oh amazing yeah 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 the kid the kid one the kid one micro it's not junior. real i'm assuming it's just one of those retractable <laughs> needles that they put in but... <laughs> what is uh what's something you think is overrated being paranoid about buying fake shit mm. like I think it's partially because specifically the Chinese people I hang out with have started to come into a little money. So their asses are all buying Rolexes and shit. Mm. And I'm not there. And I I suspect I'm even if I could kind of afford it would not be that type of person. So what I did do, I'm wearing it right now, really happy with it. I got a reissue that is possibly fake from Alibaba of like the communist military Chinese watch. Oh, damn. That's fucking And it is like... (laughs) <laughs> like it was like $180. It arrived oh, in shit. like the most like literally like it it arrived in a plastic box that then looked like it was just like wrapped in basically paper towels and then uh-huh. like like a child had like used <laughs> like clear plastic tape. Like it looked like I guess it lo- it looked most like a sort of like if I had to design an IED and I had right. 10 minutes to do it. <laughs> right. So I was like, shit, what do, what, what do I have around Panic the house? bomb maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, so, yeah. But, you know, it arrived, and then I was like, man, I, I, did, I, did I buy this from Alibaba? Did I get ripped off? And I was like, who gives a fuck? I'm right. down. I, I am now, uh, not that Alibaba is less evil than, like, Amazon, 
but it's right. sort of like differently evil. <laughs> right. It's, a, it's another guess. marketplace. I was going to say, you know, I'm, I look at replica watches. 180 sounds like a lot off of there. Did you look DH game? Did you check out Wavian? So, so it might be real is the thing because the, oh, they're, they're telling the, you you're buying like a like a. The, the genuine article rather than... Yeah, so, we, so the thing version. is, the, the genuine article, this is for anyone that gives a fuck, uh, this is a Seagull 1963 chronometer, and it even the genuine article is arguably a fake because it's like... <laughs> right, it's like maybe the Seiko the, or something. The, fa the factory, yeah, so the factory in Tianjin in the 60s, 50s, like, either stole the design or licensed it from... It's like a Swiss design mm -hmm. that they kind of stole. I'm not really clear on all the details. Anyway, it's like bootlegs on top of bootlegs. Yeah. And I am embracing the Chinese-ness of it. Got to. But I yeah. feel I mean, good about it. In general, I think, you know, with like replica fashion, like, you know, knockoffs becoming like a whole other level, like versus like when we were kids and it's like, what's on Canal Street or like downtown yes, yes, yes. at the alley? Like shit now is like people are getting away with selling shit on StockX, which is supposed to be thousands of dollars shoes that are replicas that are made abroad. And like, I just like how it up, like the the outrage that it inspires in people who insist on paying like thousands of dollars for something where they're like, oh, that's fake, dude. Like, da, 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 da. I'm like, you don't like you're a kid and your whole value system is based on buying a thousand dollar pair of shoes. Like, I hope your brain melts down when you say yeah. I bought these for a hundred. Well, and it is like, what is the utility? It is the same thing with like yeah. fucking NFTs, right? Like, what is the actual utility of ownership of a thing with? only aesthetic value right like i'm like i don't need a watch to tell the time in fact right, i right. did i did like the most actually pathological thing in the movie theater the other day which is i used my phone to illuminate my watch hands so i could check the time <laughs> <laughs> excuse which me just sorry like, just my brain how... is straight up broken <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta see how much longer is left in this movie. <laughs> really Which is. movie was it that uh, uh it was it was French Dispatch. I'm just okay. like, I can't yeah. I can't is this... see more of this shit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, embrace embrace the fakes, y'all. Yeah. It's an idea that like should have like found its time. It makes total sense, but I just feel like it's too like the idea of just reps replacing like becoming the thing that matters. Like I just can't it it's too like well, you uh, know, damaging to the foundational like ethos of our country that I feel like they're going to find sure. a way to like end that. Well, shit yeah, yeah. Well, that's dead. why I was like, yeah, it's also like ripping off the communist design. I'm like, all right, right. Fine. The other thing with the other, I will say, the other option with this watch that this company Siegel sells, they were selling a like watch. I think my my Chinese is not good enough. It would have taken me forever to like actually read all the Chinese, but mm -hmm. it appeared to be commemorating the partitioning of Korea. It was like oh, wow. it was like the 38th parallel celebration anti US watch. Hell yeah. <laughs> I I was mean, like, that's fucking dope. I, I was like, that's like probably a bridge too far for me to buy, but <laughs> right, it was very intense. Yeah. Anything that would outrage rich people, I think is great. You know? Yeah, like, this one was I was like I think my South Korean friends would be like that's kind of fucked up. And I'm like, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I think <laughs> of even like, because you look at Gucci and stuff, their designs are starting to mimic what a knockoff would be. Like a lot of their hoodies now, like with the sort of crude screen print design and like mm -hmm. throwback aesthetic, like they're sort of echoing the pirated material. Wasn't and, that the story of the big polo? Am I crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think so. 
And it, but it's also funny to see people like who are like, man, like get so heated about someone who paid $70 for the thing that looks exactly like their thousand dollar thing. Yeah. And right. I'm like, because they need the exclusivity. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the NFT mindset, that baby. More. Challenge that shit more. Be like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm in horrifically fake Versace to fuck with you. <laughs> yeah. That shit doesn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated? Underrated. I did this yesterday for breakfast. Eating a persimmon at like an apple, just standing Ooh. at my sink. I was I was gonna eat a persimmon, the the, uh, the firm kind, not the mm. uh, not the one that needs to be not super the buttery. tomato kind. Yeah. yeah, and I was it was like I was like I I tore the stem off, and I was like shit, this is a little riper than I thought. But Ooh. I was like I already tore the stem off. I just took a bite, like you know, sort of laterally into it. And it was really good. I love pouring I love down me a persimmon. I mean, yeah. guys, get invested. Like yeah. we said, with, with uh, Shireen coming on, saying this is the time for persimmons. I feel like, and now you're saying, I'm like, see, there's some momentum going with persimmons. It's persimmon right season. They're they're yeah. mad. They're mad cheap at a little Tokyo marketplace downtown. Mm. So is I it like a fuyu persimmon or what kind of? Persimmon? Yeah, that's the. Is that the firmer one? Yeah, I think so. It's you know. I'm I'm persimmon ignorant, so mm. yeah, the fuyu, yeah, yeah, yeah. There they're they're the ones they're the ones that you don't have to worry about. Um, the other one has a, a a very small ripeness window, and outside of that ripeness window, it's actually like kind of gross. It's like oh. very astringent. Like if yeah. you like, it's this like kind of like I guess it's base, right. too much base. It's literally got too much base. Too much base. So fucks up. That's your always mouth. been but, my problem. Yeah. But uh, the fuyu, the fuyu is sort of like. Good. Even if it's underripe, it'll just sort of taste like, you know, like a underripe apple, like a little green right. taste, but not like, you know, disgusting. Like mouth turning. Right, right. Yeah. So that's yeah. Shit. And when they're ripe, they're they're the best food. But yeah, I just I just ate that shit standing at the sink with a, cu- a cup of coffee and a persimmon, like a straight go. up lunatic. <laughs> you just have like a big towel tucked <laughs> into your collar of your shirt. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I think I was wearing a bathrobe. Hey. <laughs> I have a bowl of the tomato, the other kind. And when you just like mentioned this, I was like, oh, yeah, I've like been letting them ripen in a closet. I should I should go check on those. And then you were like, yeah, they're they have like a one minute window. window. Yeah. So it's, but it's it's so good when yeah, in, yeah. in the window. It is like right. it truly is just like a pudding grew on a tree. <laughs> like it's so insane. I never so have good. a good persimmon, man. I need to fucking. Grill I'm gonna go tree. to the farmers market and be like, "Yo, cut me the best one right fucking yeah. now." I need to know because half yeah. the time, like, I pull them off of friends' trees and stuff, and they're like, "No, like they're they're good off there," but I don't know which one to fucking pick. Yeah, yeah, tastes like shit. Yeah, let them, let them, the, the the firm ones. Let them get like a little, like soft, like a like a maybe like overripe avocado like consistency. Ooh, like oh, you can right. like, I know that feeling. You you can't push all the way through it, but you can, you know, it's it has a significant give. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But man, oh, I love a love a fucking persimmon. Yeah, it's 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 persimmon season, y'all. Yeah. Is it? It's probably we're probably just out of it, but right. But just generally, culturally, it's persimmon season. Oh, yeah. and you can get the dried persimmons, which is, uh, I think, Japanese. Maybe it's a Korean thing. But those are those are good all the time. It's been during the summer, dried persimmons and like a little whiskey after dinner was like a perfect combination. Mm. Think that about it. refined as fuck. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the COP26.
And we're back. And let's check in with some headlines on, you know, the COP26, the all the most powerful countries in the world coming together to solve climate change. Yep. What we got? I mean, must be dominating headlines, right? Oh, now, yeah. Now I mean, go look around. Let's see. Uh, NBC has one. It says his country is sinking. So he's rolling up his pants to make the point at COP26. Cute. That's very cutting, illuminating, gives me a complete understanding of the progress that's being made <laughs> in climate, terms of climate com- change combating as, climate change. Rather climate than like, change is depicted by Wes Anderson. I Poor guy like. <laughs> rolls up pants because <laughs> really is. Earth death. That's right. not very revealing. And then I went on CNN. I did a command F find to just see if COP26 come up. Nothing on the front page. Nah. ABC, nothing on the front page. Pretty disturbing considering that this is, you know, uh, a lot of people saying the most important conference of this year and the near future to begin to tackle climate change. And you're, and this is on top of like reports that came out yesterday morning from the Climate Action Tracker, which is like a watchdog organization that said based on like everything they're seeing, the global greenhouse gas emissions in 2030 will still be roughly twice as high as what's necessary to limit warming to 1.5 degrees. Mm. Uh, it's looking like cool. it's more on track to be 2.4. And cool. the other thing is that they say, quote, the net zero goals of 40 countries account for 85% of global emission cuts, but the group found only 6% of those emissions were backed up by concrete plans. Right. So <sighs> a lot of fucking talk. And here's the other thing that I think is really interesting. It's only on more like progressive news sites or like activist sort of, you know, web places where sort of like the substantive information is being held, where this glaring statistic came up, which was born out of uh, this group called Global Witness, who did just some research at COP26 that said, here's the thing, quote, if the fossil fuel lobby were a country delegation at COP, it would be the largest with 503 delegates, two dozen more than the largest country delegation. Okay. That's right. So there are more people. some yutani shit. It's yeah. like the corporation really owns this. <laughs> they right. they have more people representing the fossil fuel industry than the combined delegations of the eight worst affected countries by climate change. Sure. This is the this is the dynamic currently at this thing, but we're talking about this guy is rolling up his pant legs. Gee. Yeah. I mean, Rather isn't than, that good though? I mean, think about it. Like BP now does all those clean energy ads. So greenwashing <laughs> as like the they're probably AK suggested. Right. I don't know. They're probably being influenced by this. So uh, you, you tell me who wins. Right. I'm just saying. There's a um, there was a global witness was also saying that if you go inside, right, to some of like the convention halls where, you know, there's presentations done on, quote unquote, energy transition, you know, like mm. getting away from the dirty shit and on to the good shit. You know, the, it's the same companies like Shell or, you know, like the national gas companies of different com- uh, countries out there just being like, you know, for example, one thing would be like, yes, we're touting hydrogen as a new clean fuel source. And then if you look at the fine print, it's like, we will use fossil fuel, fossil fuel generated electricity in the production of this hydrogen. Yeah. And you're like, Mm -hmm. so what the fuck is this? Because you're just saying, well, we still got to use it. Just use it to make good stuff. I, I guess the little tiny argument, which is not what they want, is like, if everyone was have had like hydrogen cars or whatever, it would be easier to change like that electricity to whatever nuclear fusion at some point in the future. Mm. It's like it gives us at least the mechanics to get off of fossil fuels, even though 
as I right. say that, the fact that Shell paid for it means that's not the plan. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. At the same time, BP now does stand for Beyond Petroleum. So I don't know if you guys knew that. Right. Oh. But. Oh, that's the vegan petroleum that's right. like made right. out of yeah, yeah. soybeans. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. it probably is actually. <laughs> it is literally probably made out of soybeans. Actually. Everything is. I think that's just so frustrating, right? Is like th- truly there's a there has to be a reckoning and you know a real acknowledgement of like class struggle and mobility as it relates to all of this. But instead, yeah. you have like the richest assholes circle jerking so they can hopefully in their minds just die peacefully while we're all left to like deal with like the real fucked up parts. Yeah. And like, it just feels so, you know, like empty. I will say the, the pull quote about the um, fossil fuel lobby, let's see more than the combined delegations of the eight worst affected countries. There is probably something to be said for like the worst eight worst affected countries. I would bet money are the eight poorest countries in the world sure uh or near near that and and mm-hmm. there is probably a thing where it's like yes those people need to be there to advocate for themselves but like they're you know their their stance is sort of clear and they're fighting like what what are they going to do at this conference like hey stop doing oh, sure. this to us and yeah, america and- will say no which is happening now like as yeah. by that nbc article where you know this I think somewhere in Polynesia, this representative is like, you know, trying to be like, this is where the water's at, you know, by rolling up my, and then, yeah, it's true. There's indigenous activists. There's so many activists there as well, screaming at the top of their lungs. And they're like, this whole thing is absurd. Like when you walk into it, like these people, this is not, has nothing to do with like our sincere reckoning with what, you know what our energy mixes and our carbon emissions are. Yeah. And the, the class of it is like, by the time, even like, middle class american voters feel some of this in a reasonable sense like right you it's know too late. the rest yeah it's beyond too late beyond, the way beyond that petroleum I... beyond too late <laughs> 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 yeah it's it's an apocalypse but it's vegan it's great right, right. i also feel like the way this is hitting a lot of brains is that you know, people are probably like aware that not enough is being done, but then like Greta Thunberg is being like turned into, I don't know, I was listening to like a not serious podcast that just is sort of people riffing and like they were talking about Greta Thunberg as like this, like the world is ending. We must all like sort of doom and gloom type shit. And I just feel like people are, I don't know, that that's like the face of climate change is now just going to be like negative. Like, yeah, oh, it's a bunch well, of, I mean, it's, it's Cassandra. It literally right. is just like, she could just predict the future as much as she wants, but no one, you know, right. no one will believe it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think despite her like very clear eyed, like this is horseshit assessment of what's happening. Yeah. I think the other side of that is that there are a lot of people now that like doomerism is becoming a, a, an attractive proposition to certain groups to just insist that, shit's fucked it's too late don't even fucking bother and yeah. let's just accept it and that's just like good yeah no, absolutely I mean, not like things can be done and i think it's an absurd notion to just say let's just lean into the doomerism aspect of it but it's hard to stay optimistic when you see the people that are supposed to be making the decisions be like yeah and we'll give you a little bit of money to combat climate change and also that's a debt generating loan right yeah the doomerism, I would suspect, is like fueled by the Koch brothers, but yeah. I feel like even they have to understand that 
uh, or funded by them. But I feel like even they have to understand that that only goes so far before people just start eating the Koch brothers, right? Like, oh, if only. Know. Yeah. But then it's think... like arguing about whether to eat the Koch brothers is what, you know, defends them, <laughs> defends their right. power for another couple right. years. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Well, let's check in with uh, somebody who's a little bit more down to earth, uh, and that is <laughs> your boy, our boy, Howard Schultz. Oh, yeah. Who is, you know, he's not like specifically mentioning the fact that like some of his stores are uh, thinking about unionizing, a bunch of his employees are thinking about unionizing. He's just like throwing out stories that he knows. Just, hey, you guys about to vote? Just putting this out there. I don't know. You guys about to vote on unionizing? Okay. All right. All right. Well, I uh, just want to say, hey, I'm hey, I'm tr- I'm Howard. <laughs> just a guy concerned shareholder. In fact, I'm the largest shareholder of Starbucks stock. I used to be the CEO, um, but I just wanted to come talk to you about, you know, you got this important vote coming up and I just kind of want to extol the virtues of Starbucks as a company. So he went to go lobby these workers in uh, Buffalo, where three stores are going to vote on unionizing, which could have vast implications, not just across Starbucks, but in like the quick service industry, because they have such a large share of uh, of workers. And this man had the hopes of Chipotle riding on his shoulders (laughs) as he went up in front of these people. Like, Howard, you got to fucking nail this one, bro. Or Chipotle, uh, we're going to, oh my God, we're not going to make money. So- They've been, first of all, Starbucks has been doing all kinds of union busting shit up until this point, you know, like having mandatory anti-union meetings, anti-union cool. emails, cool. Uh, they temporarily closed two unionizing stores under the guise of like, no, we, it's a training, we had to do a training day. That's what it was. And uh, then Denzel Washington made them smoke PCP <laughs> on accident. And then we had to fire them because uh, they passed, they popped on their drug test. You know, they gave pay raises to sort of be like, here, just maybe more bread and this, a circus or two will keep them at bay. None of that has really been working. So he went on to speak and he said all this stuff about like, just being like, oh, we did, we got, you know, stock options for you guys. We were doing healthcare before other people. And, you know, I'll be fair. Their benefits are pretty good as compared yeah. to other, you know, comparable jobs. But let's be real in terms of like your humanity, not doing enough. And so everyone was just sort of like, they're kind of being like, yeah, we get it. It's so great. What's, what's your point here? Until the end of his 45 minute discussion, he, evokes the Holocaust. And he, as he says before, he's like, I'm Jewish. I went to speak to a rabbi when I was in Israel. And he told me this story and it it just really resonated with me. And he begins telling this room full of Starbucks employees about the altruism that was happening during the Holocaust. So let me play this for you. Men were separated from women and women were separated from children. And one person for every six was given a blanket. One blanket for every six people. And the person who got the blanket had to decide what to do with this blanket that I have for myself. And not everyone, but most people, most people shared their blanket with five other people. And the rabbi says to me, take your blanket and go share it with five other people. And so much of that story 
is threaded into what we have tried to do at Starbucks is share our um, Okay. That's, that is fucking amazing. Like I had read that this happened, but I hadn't heard it until just now. And it's <laughs> the idea of sharing is so profound to him. <laughs> like the idea of unselfishness <laughs> is so like mind bending. Like that even That's just when I said maybe they need insurance. You're right. Oh what the fuck? He's like, and the then five they I didn't yeah. keep it for themselves and let everybody else freeze to death? Wait a second. Hold on. T- take me back a little bit. Let's rewind a second. Because yeah. you said that only one person for every six got it. So yeah. what the fuck would they? What are you talking about, man? They're probably so, not as warm as they could be. But I did, <laughs> Rabbi. I did share it with. As a CEO, I shared it with the COO, the SVP <laughs> of Global Strategy, uh, <laughs> right. the CFO, the, you know, like, <laughs> the C-suite people. Like, And we split the profits. It right. was a great blanket we shared. But in this instance, the idea... And I'm sorry, man, like this metaphor that the multinational corporation is in the tr- is that they're in, in the, the train car. Yeah, they're just with another person. The workers. Right. Like and saying, like, we got to work together, man. It's like, if anything in this, you would be the Nazis because they were in they were in control of blanket distribution. Right. And you are here giving people one fucking blanket. Like, right. Like, actually consider the, the power dynamics here. Well, also, like the the weird thing about the metaphor is it doesn't work because it's like. It falls apart in the most people, and then it falls apart when he says, but not everybody. Right. And it's like, <laughs> hey, guess what? If they were in a union, it Every- maybe even <laughs> if, like, right. everybody would have had to share their blankets, and it would have been the right thing to do, and right, it would have yeah. elevated all of us. But, like, it actually is, like, I don't know, the, all those, like, needless people freezing to death is exactly what the union does. This is yeah. who you want in charge of your life is somebody who like this is also a story. Apparently, he's told at like shareholder meetings. Yeah. Somebody who has one anecdote right. <laughs> that has just like <laughs> fucking stabbed into their brain. Like, what the fuck, man? I'm sorry. It on I, anything. You guys, I, my mind is fucking blown here. So what they what one person gave it to the other people. That's just like it doesn't even make fucking sense but like he thinks there's one historical instance of selfishness and sharing that he keeps fucking bringing up and this is the person you want in charge of like right your oh, man. life yeah. Here, fun, yeah tiny mitigating factor is i did think this was a more classic anti-union parable and i i for a moment truly thought the the punchline was going to be and everyone who shared all six people died but everyone who kept the blanket for themselves, <laughs> right, right. at least one in six survived. Yeah. Right. I and mean, that might that. happen at your stores. I don't know. We're looking. Right. They're kind of underperforming, so we may shut them down. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, it's it's really something else, especially when you have this man who became a billionaire off the backs of the people he's talking to in that room. You know what I mean? And just yeah. being like, hey, man, I'm just, look, I know I've been extracting all of my wealth from your labor. I'm just asking for like a momentary pause in the smoke and <laughs> just maybe this story will, will just blow persuade over. you. I will say, obviously, you know, listeners can't see the video, but maybe they can find it. Maybe it's a link in the show. Oh, notes. I don't know. I don't know how it's, it's on Starbucks official channel. Yeah, oh, it is the whole 45 minute talk. 
It is truly, though, actually, it's been a while since I've seen, like, a Radisson hotel room configured quite the way it was, because it was basically, like, hotel chairs, but it was in the round, so he's, like, like, a panopticon. He's, like, that Louis C.K. special. (laughs) Yeah, just, what a, what a unnerving way to do your forced anti-union speech. Right. Yeah. Very so, unpleasant suffice optics. Suffice to say, it did not go... I mean, I don't know. A lot of people were just left confused. But the voting is supposed to begin this week, actually today. But Starbucks has been trying to delay that vote from happening. But you know what? Hats off to you, Starbucks. Fucking get your yeah. shit. Green hats is- off to your asses. <laughs> yeah. Let's just check in real quick uh, with what it's like in other countries where capital doesn't have all the power and people like Howard... Schultz is not like the person in charge of making all the decisions and like pro labor laws actually stick. Mm-hmm. Portugal has made it so a lot of businesses are committing to remote work being part of our new reality. In our mm-hmm. new reality, they're giving more <laughs> flexible options to their employees. And, you know, people are asking for there to be like, some boundaries that they can like put up between their home life and their work life because that is something that will happen when you work from home is that like suddenly you're just working around the clock Mm -hmm. and so portugal had a kind of unique take on this yeah yeah they're helping you know according to their socialist party government they've released their new legislation that's been voted through and these rules, again, meant to help these people who are working remotely, because also I think they're also interested in creating a, a country like a culture, too, that would attract more people who do remote work as well. Mm-hmm. So under these new rules, this is amazing. <laughs> employers could p- be penalized for contacting employees after work and will be forced to pay for increased expenses as a r- result of working from home, like gas and electricity bills. And further. These rules will be implemented to aid employees at home, such as banning employers from monitoring their workers at home and ensuring workers must meet with their boss every two months to stave off isolation. Mm. And, you know, like not everything passed. There was a they were trying to get something called the right to disconnect passed, which would have given given workers the ability to switch off work devices. But that, I guess, was that didn't get the votes it needed. But these are very like common sense things like where I think companies now are as a person you have to create those boundaries or you're like i don't look at if that email comes in after five it might as well come in at 9 a.m tomorrow but it's it's difficult because especially with americans have this like fucked up idea of working from home and what it means to what labor or toiling should or shouldn't look like that it's easy to get like a fucking email at eight and be like fuck i work from home so i better fucking start doing this now when it might not be necessary so I don't know, like in, in a way, I feel like this is something that could happen in the U.S. because it seems like very common sense. But be also we live in a country where there's a moneyed group to fucking be against fucking anything. So I can only imagine like the managers united fucking pe- like pack starting like paying for ads. It'd be like, are you like workers are fucking around? You know what I mean? To try and yeah. help something like this. But I don't know. Refreshing to hear at least. It's also just like, it's a line in the sand, but the reality of shit like this is like, these rules will be bent. Like, and, and, you know, it's, this is more of like a beginning of a negotiating position. Because what's going to happen is like, your boss is like, I know technically we're not supposed to do this, but could you get these files ready? And the the thing is, it's like, most people 
like like at least Americans would be like, okay, fine, and and this just hopefully would give sort of recourse to big abuses or at least change the, the power dynamic and and change the whole culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like like you said a common sense thing, but. I thought you were about to give this point when you said when I've hated a job, because let me tell you, when I've hated a job. Yeah, I these boundaries are so fucking defined. I'm like, yeah, let me tell you, why I'm not answering this email at 630. Like, yeah, like, uh, excuse exactly. me. I'm like, because this is outside of work hours. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But and I guess it's, it is true. Like, that's that is the sort of like thing that like, yeah, when I when I had a, a day job that I hated, it was like and I did feel unable to to do shit like this. And I absolutely would have just been like, right. all right, I'll get to it. Right. Get to it at 9 a.m. <laughs> right. Yeah. When, when I clock in fools. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Or you could see companies being like, actually our working hours are now 12 noon to 8 p.m. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like those are the small ways that, but that's at least defined. Then, yeah. then it's like, then you can, all right, if, if we're agreeing to this, then I'll, I'll get to your shit at 12. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk conspiracy influencers. And we're back. So uh, Demi Lovato is now a conspiracy influencer, which I feel like is going to be a more and more popular move. Like, as of right now, we've seen a lot of celebrities who get criticized by people on the left just turn in a like reactionary way to the right and the conspiracy world. But I do feel like more and more that this is just going to be sort of a mainstream thing for celebrities to do. I don't it's, know. It's, it looks like it's a check, right? So Demi Lovato who has 18 or 118 million fucking followers on Instagram wow. posted to their Instagram thrilled to be an at we are Gaia ambassador. So this is this platform called Gaia quote, understanding the world around us parenthetical, the known and the unknown <laughs> is so exciting to me. And, you know, Demi is promoting, a, promoting a site that is my most people's observations, just a hub for conspiracy theory videos, like where many are meant to look like these earnest documentaries that are like blowing the lid on shit. And you kind of see like the business aspects of this. Uh, this is from a report in the Daily Beast quote on a Lovato themed Gaia page for their fans. The singer supporters can view a free episode of a Gaia show about, quote, an ancient space program before signing up for an eleven ninety nine monthly Gaia membership. Lovato's, quote, handpicked favorite shows, according to the website, include a series positing that Atlantis was real and that humanity is living in the aftermath of a battle between giants and lizard-like reptilians. Mm. OK, mm. Um, and that's sort of like the where you land if you go, you navigate off of their post. So it's clear that there's a money making endeavor for sure. But like this shit on this platform is not like all just like, you know, Art Bell, Hardy Har Har kind of, you know like out there stuff like there's some truly wild shit on there like this is again from their assessment of on daily beast quote guys videos are slickly produced to look like genuine documentaries documentaries with some prominent figures in the anti-vaccine movement the site also has been called quote a hub for QAnon. guy's own corporate culture is awash in conspiracy theories 
Employees discussed QAnon and InfoWars, according to a report from Business Insider. Confusingly, employees were told that materials promoting a documentary about a benevolent alien species called the, quote, Blue Avians required approval from the Blue Avians as if they were real. Look, Gaia denies that allegation, Miles. That's okay. True. <laughs> because there's documentation. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like probably just based on what we've learned about celebrities, there, there's probably more of them that are susceptible than are currently kind of openly susceptible to this sort of thinking. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's sort of preventing it is, I don't know, like advisors or something. And I just feel like more and more as... There, it, it becomes clear that there's money to be made here, that right. this is going to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, it feels like the the normal backstop against this kind of shit is that this stuff has no, like, predictive value. Like, like believing in this stuff doesn't further your, like, understanding of the world it doesn't tell you what's going to happen next in any sort of sure. remote way and it doesn't work like the same with the anti-vax stuff it's right so you can say ivermectin whatever or like your immune system's just as good but the reality is it's like fucking you know republicans are just dying right and anti-vax people are just dying at higher rates than, than people who are vaccinated and like you can't talk your way out of that so it is it just feels like Normally, reality just kicks in eventually, right? Like, it's just not helpful. It doesn't give you anything to think the world is flat. You know, you're just going to die in a rocket crash at the extreme. Or, like, you know, it just it doesn't work or do anything. So, I mean, I don't... I It's like, usually the hard-nosed Republican of it, right, is like, okay, okay, but you're not a hippie lunatic. We have to, like... You know, these these warplanes still need to fly and the physics of blue avians doesn't get us there. I don't know. Just normally like the money people step in, I guess is what I'm saying. No, it's just that you, you don't know enough about blue avian technology, obviously. <laughs> but sure. Yeah, but it's like, like, let's go. Let's fucking I'll, I mean, head to head. My my like college science versus blue avian theories. Let's go. I think at like, you know, when you look at it, you th- the one thing that it is the danger to me is that by doing this it it normalizes conspiracy conspiratorial content at the very least yeah. is not being like oh shit you looking at that shit yeah now it's like well demi lovato is like feeling this stuff and i don't know i might check it out because i fuck with demi but mm-hmm. that's where i see you know from there, I believe there's definitely going to be a percentage of people who will get fully pulled in now and may begin, you know, it starts off with yeah. some shit about an ancient space program and then turns into full-blown, like, anti-Semitic, anti-Black, whatever, yeah. fascist nonsense. And I think that's where, like, that's the grim part of this is thinking, like, oh, you can bankroll, like, you can normalize this sort of, yeah. you know, problematic perception of the world by getting more seemingly just mainstream celebrities cut them a check and then they say yay man i'm fucking with gaia come check it out there's some really cool stuff in there yeah and cut to you know who knows what but i guess i guess what i mean is like that's always been there i don't know i Mm. i I, I, you know it's like you've all there's always been sort of like crystals becomes 
protocols of the elders of Zion. Like, it's right. just like, it's just like that pipeline's always been there. Sure. And I guess the internet amplifies it and quickens it, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, right. I guess, like, if it were me, right, in, and I'm like 19 and yeah. fucking, you know, Method Man is like, yo, check out this 9 11 video. I'm all yeah. over that shit. I'm all yeah. over that shit. Right. You know, like, where I'm like, I don't know, man. I fuck with him heavy. And if he's saying like and in his personal life he and thinks this smart. is something interesting, yeah. I'm gonna go, I well, I wanna I wanna know. I'm thinking it's interesting. Right. And I think that's where, you know, I think a lot of people are susceptible to that. I mean, there's a lot of shit I thought celebrities were like doing right. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then I'm like, Or just was, like an adult that you like, you know, yeah, says exactly. something. And it's like, oh. So I'm just yeah. thinking like, yeah, from a, that hundred to eighteen million, what's that sliver of people who you can effectively sure, sure. now convert? I think right. that's where it gets yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it just feels like there's also a doubling down thing happening now where in the past, if Method Man released that statement, people might, you know, criticize Method Man and then Method Man would come out with a statement because his publicist asked him to. And now it feels like, be- I don't know, that like the Aaron Rodgers thing, the Kyrie yeah. Irving thing, like there's just sort of a you know, a willingness to just be like, no, fuck, fuck everything. And, you know, the the whole motive for pushing back on this sort of thing in the past had been the profit motive, right? Like that, like, well, you're not going to get any roles anymore or whatever. Mm, but now right. if there's a conce- like a valid form of getting rich off of this sort of shit, like then yeah. why, you know? Not, I'm not suggesting that Kyrie Irving's agent is telling him to continue to hold out, but like, you know, Demi Lovato's manager might be looking at this and being like, okay, well, still, there's money. Yeah. I mean, it, that that is actually sort of the, like, upsetting thing. I, I, I noticed it when the uh, Atlanta baseball team, like, doubled down on being racist. Yeah, because like previously, it seemed at least like clear that corporate America's calculus was that like the racist, bigoted, reality denying portion was not the profitable portion. And now it does seem there's like a corporate like no corporation does shit out of the goodness of their heart. They're just trying to make money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, as like disingenuous as like diversity initiatives and things like that are, what they at least are is the canary in the coal mine that like at the back of the like business analysis that is supposedly all these people care about, they know at their heart that like America is moving in one direction right. or the world is moving in one direction. And now, now that you're seeing like major billion, you know, multi-million, if not billion dollar organizations tow that line a little bit. Like again, the, the, the MLB and, and the Atlanta just being like, yeah, come on, come on in, Trump. Let's let's yeah. do the tomahawk chop and shit like that. And it's like that's not troubling because of the on its face racism. It is troubling that like a billionaire decided like this is where I'm putting my chips. Right, right. You and know, that's like seems regardless to be of personal belief. Yeah, so right. it's like ugh. at every level, right? Like they're the people. There's a group of wealthy donors who are funding like the CRT. You know, like outrage shit. And yeah, there's uh, so many things that are now being bankrolled by just like these wealthy people who are just doing doing it very stealthily yeah 
and like dragging well, us closer to but, this kind but of... But they would always do it stealthily based on their personal beliefs. But the, it's right. the doing it publicly part that I'm like, okay, that's now troubling. Like, that means like, you got, I, I just assume every billionaire has repellent beliefs. But among those repellent beliefs are a knowledge that the rest of the world exists and like has their own beliefs and you right, have yeah. to manipulate them. I don't know. But I feel like the the idea of like woke values had has become like they do the you know pure gesture not like actually anything substantive like thing addressing uh racism or misogyny but it's by removing an episode of a show that has like black yeah. center or something and then that has become associated with well that's what woke culture is that's what criticizing you know the tomahawk chop as racist is and i feel like there is a mainstream cultural like backlash now where like woke has become yeah like associated with like oh the stupid thing that was that was a big deal and and now is like people are agreeing was like bad or something yeah woke is worrying about stuff that's not even like a big deal actually right really And also, again, it's just a thought-killing cliche. Because now James Carville can, rather than, you know, address, like, the actual failings of the Democratic Party and, you know, neoliberal platform, like, this poll ideology, it's just saying, eh, it's just the woke stuff killed everything. And that word is enough you'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Yeah. Rather than getting your fucking hands dirty and saying, you know, they're working people, poor people who are not getting anything delivered that was promised to them. And why the fuck, like, yeah, they're supposed to just feel good about that. No, but it's easier to just say, throw out woke, have CNN posit that question to other senators and just completely shift the argument to say, like, oh, is being humane like be, is that woke? But rather than, yeah. you know, underlining that, it's just easier to just go down this debate. Yeah, but it's like the the embrace of like the pure opposite of that, like the actual like, let's have Trump do the tomahawk chop. Let's right. bring him in. That's that's the thing that's like even, you know, like every every fucking, you know, corporation embraces right wing values. They It's always as far right as they think they can get away with. Sure. And right. the fact that what they think they can get away with has visibly shifted, I think. Yes. Is you're like, whoa, that that means the fundamentals of America are different than. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because what the most defense the league had was like, well, we didn't invite him. He like asked. I know he said we invited him, but he asked to go, and then we gave him tickets. And it's still like the real thing would have just said, "Fuck off, dude." Yeah, or like, sorry. It's like, hey, this is just not a good time for the audience. We're trying to cultivate, like, yeah, Mr. President, blah blah blah. Let's uh, whatever, or don't put TV like cameras on him. All tons of shit they could do, right? Because we seem to be like from a cultural perspective, we seem to be just cycling back through the same sort of values and periods and events over and over again i'm starting to wonder if we're like headed for the anti-woke like 80s 1980s again where it's like fucking you know reagan culturally like was the thing and like conservatism was the thing and that was like a reaction to you know economic slowdown and like the 70s and people like i think hopefully culture is at least fractured enough and like people like media is not 
in a good and bad way, not such a stranglehold, such that like, you know, because the reality is like in the 80s, though that was the quote unquote culture, people were speaking up against it. Sure. They just didn't have Twitter. Right. And like, you know, hopefully that remains the bulwark <laughs> against that right. shit. I guess maybe not. As you see, you know, as we in other things, like the mainstream media still has a like center right to hard right, like yes. editorial remit. But, you know, hopefully it's like at least you can say other shit like for now. Right. Yeah. Well, when there's again, when they take all the books out of libraries and leave yeah. it with men are from Mars, women are from Venus, the Bible, <laughs> and a little gear, a little Chicken far side soul. comics. Some Chicken far side comics. Yeah, that's the most far- provocative shit we'll give. Sorry, you. That's pretty that's too subversive, my dude. I yeah, know. But far side was good, man. Hopefully that's they the won't fuck know. off of far side. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Larson is a visionary, Miles. <laughs> they won't know. No, I'm just saying in this like, that's hilarious. the thing that sneaks in because it's a comic and they completely yeah. don't understand the commentary and they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. When other dudes were rocking Big Johnson, I was rocking Farside T-shirts. Okay. And that's how I let them know I was sensitive. Okay. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Andrew, such a pleasure having you, man. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Still on at Andrew T. I think, I'm trying to remember, since the last time I was on, maybe, or maybe inclusive of the last time I was on, uh, Yo's This Racist has gone independent. So... If you feel like, you know, subscribing, supporting us, suboptimalpods.com. And we just started selling merch. So I am very excited about the merch. I will just say the shirt, maybe you've seen it on my Instagram, but one of the shirts we're selling is straight up the dumbest thing that has ever happened on our show. And I'm so proud of it. And I'll just leave it at that. Oh, no. I can't wait to see what it is. I thought you were saying that whole phrase was the T-shirt. Straight it's, up the dumbest it's, thing. Okay, I'll just say it's it's one of those like Helvetica ampersand shirts. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it says duck around and find out. <laughs> duck and around and 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 find and out. <laughs> and it's the it's the A and D ampersand for me that yeah. is truly my proudest moment. Yeah. That is so dumb. <laughs> Brilliant. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, there are two things. One, we talked about Dune. I I was looking for the source for this meme and I couldn't find it, so apologies in advance. But it's a fake subtitled still from Dune when they're on the little prison planet and it opens on Sardaukar throat singing and then the second panel of the meme is it goes back to all the soldiers and it just says, the shit slaps. (laughs) Uh, like having seen that meme before i went into the theater i laughed out loud when that scene scene happened (laughs) like this is so dumb and i think that honestly motivated me to see that movie i was like i just want to see the throat singing and see the see the soldiers grooving out to the throat singing yeah (laughs) miles where can people find you what is the tweet you've been enjoying Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray and also the other pod, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra, where, you know, we're just just talking that shit, that 90 day shit. Some tweets that I like. Let me get this one in. Uh, A couple, actually. Uh, This is from James Austin Johnson at Shrimp J.A.J. Quote, this is a quote, says, TV does not get better than this. And then he says Eight-year-old me watching Win Ben Stein's Money, understanding zero percent of what is being said. <laughs> I was just like, "Yep, 
<laughs> I loved it. Uh, I was, I think of that, I was punching way above uh, in that era too. And this next one is from a past guest, Yadoye, at Yadoye underscore. <laughs> Telling parents of a crying baby, handle that motherfucker or I will. And then gently <laughs> rocking that motherfucker to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Let's see. Maxu at Maxupio tweeted, starting to believe the other sperms were smarter than I and lost on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Nado tweeted, Clark Kent going to the eye doctor and receiving 27 different bills because every time he tried on a new pair, they thought he was someone else. And then Maggie Winters tweeted, where's your precious son now, Beatles? Uh, which I just really made me happy. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? You know, it's time for some smooth, electro, vibey R&B from the artist Dijon, D-I-J-O-N. And this track is called The Dress. If you like that sort of synthy, 808-y sounding vibe, but like with a little bit of heart and soul to it, this track, The Dress, is going to take you there. So check out The Dress by Dijon. All right, well, go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Peace.